Welcome to the basement. Welcome to the basement. What up, though? Yo, growing up, I only ever had two constants in my life. My granddad's basement and my granddad's basement. There's something you can ride to, something you can vibe to, something you can chill to, something you can smoke to, something that'll make you think, something that'll make you feel good. I'm just a dude from a trailer park trying to figure out the universe. How deep you want to go? 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 What is good, everybody? Welcome to the basement. I'm back in Tucson, and it's been go, go, go. I, uh, as I previously discussed, I took a little trip to the Midwest. Minnesota, Wisconsin. Spent a little time in Minnesota. Spent a little time in Wisconsin. All right, got some good family time in. Saw some of the uh, the scenes around this great country, and uh, made it back to Tucson. I flew in. I flew into Arizona on Tuesday, mid afternoon, early afternoon. Caught myself a lift to the crib and kissed my wife. On her mouth, got in my car, drove to Patagonia. Patagonia, hour, hour and a half south, south, uh, southeast, southwest. I don't know. That motherfucker's far. So then was there for about a half hour, maybe even forty minutes, and turned back, drove an hour, hour and a half home through a through a border patrol checkpoint. All right, this is integral to the story. All this time I've spent in Patagonia, and I'm just picking it up from Tuesday. All right, I already was there a few months ago. Uh, not a few months ago, a few like about a month ago, maybe seven, eight weeks ago for the home inspection for this house. All right, prior to that, all right, my 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 top salesman, my man Joel. All right, here's let me let me here let me break it. Let me give you full context for for so you can understand what I do for my job. I got a sales team. All right, my sales team runs around, they show houses. Everything you think a realtor does, like human interaction with them in the movies and shit, they're showing houses. They're putting in offers. They're getting those offers accepted. Once those offers are accepted, I take the file and the client and make sure they get their keys. If things go bad, I make sure they get their earnest money back. Okay, that's, that's how this goes. And that's, I make sure we hit our deadlines and make sure the paperwork's all in line. At the end of the day, I make sure everybody gets in their, in their home and paid. All right, so we got one going in Patagonia. So we did the home inspection several weeks ago. All right, then it's just back and forth in in the meantime. Between the, in Arizona, when you buy a house, from the time of your home inspection to the time you get your keys, you're just it's hurry up and wait. You know, you're 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 not doing a whole lot. But in the background, I'm doing a whole lot. Title's doing even more than that. And your loan officer's doing even more than that. If you're not paying cash for your crib. So I roll up to final walkthrough time in Patagonia on Tuesday. All right. We leave there. Uh, It goes how it goes. And a resolution comes. We're going to go forward and buy this house. Cool. This is uh, this is Tuesday. All right. Come Wednesday. Wednesday is Veterans Day. It's a pretty quiet day. Uh, Not, you know, I I handle business. I go to a home inspection. it's interesting uh, breaking things down. It, it, it takes it takes some time. All right, the home inspection. Home inspection. Some some go smooth. Some get a little more detailed. This one was a little bit more detailed. There's there's a lot going on in this house. It was built in 1952. 
So as one could expect, you know, a lifetime later, this house still standing. It's got it's got some things going on with it. But again, 1952. All right. So I'm gone from the crib. I get home a little a little late on Wednesday night. I'm fresh off the plane. I get off the plane. I go to Patagonia next day. I am home. I am home working from home on Wednesdays. So spending some good family time uh, and doing learning with my son and playing with my son while the other one naps. And, and you know, we, we go over martial arts stuff and we, we play with toys and we play outside and we have a good time and we do flashcards and we read books and all around. It's fantastic. All right. But then I go to this home inspection. All right. Everything is all good. Now back to Patagonia. Fast forward to Thursday. Veterans Day went well. I actually met up with uh, with the whole Vet Check crew, the original Fab Five. All right, everybody, everybody was able to get together and uh, and, and kick it, man. We we met up at Ian's crib and then pummeled over to T's crib. Everybody but T was at Ian's crib, and then the whole crew got up and went over. To, from Ian's crib to T's crib, and we just kicked it. We had a little little fire in the backyard and really just chopped it up and bullshitted on, on Veterans Day. We didn't get a chance to get a vet cast out, and much much okay. Like we had, we had it was a great time kicking it with the homies on on Wednesday. Like just I love the camaraderie with the team that I have around me, both like in business and personal life, and like quite oftentimes they they blend. It's a it's a Venn diagram with the the overlap section being really really wide so I, I, I like that so we uh uh we did that on Wednesday and then on Thursday all right I go I'm, I'm in the office I'm, I'm 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 handling business I'm doing my thing I go to uh I'm, I'm driving I'm driving to my crib so, so Thursdays is my late night so usually on Thursdays I do uh, I handle all my, all my business in the day, you know, my nine to five, whatever I got to do. Then I have a, a five o'clock standing meeting with my team owner. All right. On Thursdays. And then that rolls into our kind of our team happy hour, uh, into, into the evening. And then that flows into vet check. Now we didn't do vet check on Thursday cause everybody got together on Wednesday. So Thursday I'm meeting at my five o'clock with my team owner, phone's just blowing up because when I when I left the office on my way before I go to that five o'clock meeting, since I'm usually I miss dinner and bedtime, I try to get home before I have my five o'clock meeting on Thursday. So I get a little time with the wife, get a little time with the kids, and just you know get get to share time and love with one another. Because as as you may or may not know, you know time is my most most valued and cherished commodity. Uh, on this planet it's real important to me so I want to give it you know where it deserves to be given and when it when when my time gets gets stretched and, and pulled and sent in different directions than than what what my intentions are I, I get a little I get a little worked up at least you know to myself and we got to just do our best to to steamroll through and and make things work out, you know, in your 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 professional life and in, into your personal life and make sure that all things are staying balanced that being said, I've had my time tested in the last <laughs> since since I got off the damn plane. So so Thursday I get a call at three thirty when I'm on my way from the office to to spend some time with the family. Uh, I got the uh, the dude buying the house says he's not buying the house. Now mind you, this he already signed the papers. We we did the final walk after the final walkthrough. The only the last thing to do is sign the papers and then wait for a phone call. We were at the wait for a phone call phase, the very end before you get the keys. Dude said, "Nope, I'm not buying the house because blah blah blah." I'm like, man, 
you're opening yourself up to a shitstorm. So from 3.30 to 5.30 yesterday, I'm just, my phone's blowing up. I'm just, yeah, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. It's, I, I, I don't know. Yep, yep, this is this is what it is. And, and well, you know, let's hope for the best and the best thing forward. Finally, I get a call saying it has to go through. There's, there's nothing anybody can do. Like everything has been submitted. Like the, the, it has to go through. Okay, that is what it is. Call the call the dude buying the house. He's unhappy. He's he's throwing a tissy. He's saying some wild ass shit. I'm like, look, man, it is what it is. And he's like, all right, fuck your couch. I'm like, yeah, man, fuck my couch too. So we end up waking up. You know that 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 that's how we leave it. So I go about my Thursday night, man, and I call it an early night uh, since we didn't have a vet check. I left the I left the the Lopez Newton happy hour a little bit early. I uh, made it home, missed dinner time, made it home for bedtime. You know, books and bedtime, teeth, pajamas, uh, the whole the whole the whole dad life goings ons. So I wake up this morning. The story done changed. Nope, he don't have to buy the house. We're sending the. We're sending everything back. We're, we're, it's, it's not going through. We're canceling it. I says, God damn. All right, I call him up. I said, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't send it. Don't, don't, don't cancel it yet. Give me till noon. I said, give me till noon. We're, we're going to make it work. And everybody and their brothers and their sisters and their cousins and their mothers, maybe even their deadbeat daddies got involved. All right, we, we everybody got on the same page after various even uh, lawyers, real real estate lawyers brought into the mix, multiples, uh, just a, a different, uh, just a myriad of situations, uh, and this was gonna cancel over something that was easily resolved. Ultimately, I'm not gonna break into into real estate details and the specifics of this transaction, but it was something that was easily easily resolved and. You know, after you sign the paperwork of buying your house and everybody's fulfilled all obligations and, you know, an individual made an oversight and it's nobody's fault. But that individual, you can't cause an uproar for society because of it. God damn it. Uh, but we worked through it and it, it closed and we're going to get paid. All right. And everybody's, you know, seller's going to get their money from the seller of the house. Buyers got the house ultimately that they wanted, that they picked, that they had months it was no less than eight weeks to uh, to try and back out of this. So so and, and we ride on. So so none and and then beyond that, beyond that, I got another house built in 1952 that's not going great. All right. So that's been I've been trying to continue to as I as I get back from being gone for a few days, all right, and come walk right back into real estate. You know just tropic storms it's it's difficult to navigate through as i'm trying to be present and be there with my family and connect and and grow and and build with my wife and and be there for and with my sons you know it's just oh it's uh, you know i i i'm throwing looks as much as i'm catching looks like i i don't want this to be happening either but most everything is settled and the fires are smoldering and going to be good to go. So we roll into the weekend real strong, feeling good, feeling right, feeling proper. And to Tarantino this, this is fresh off. All this, all this just jumble fuck is just fresh off the plane, like from a real, a real busy, busy body moving around 
some type of vacation. I don't know. It's difficult to say. So, but my stepdad, I mean, dude's dude's seventy two, right? Like my stepdad's he's 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 getting a little a little old. He's a he's a army veteran, served in Vietnam. Uh, and I was like, man, I got to go. I want to go see George, you know, however brief it may be. And then as I go up to see George, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to drop in on a, a few other people kind of in the area. So so I got off the plane for the trip in Minnesota and I was just bouncing back and forth between Minnesota and Wisconsin the whole time. Started off in Minnesota, made my way to Wisconsin, made my way back to Minnesota and then back to Wisconsin. All right, and that's that's just just jumping around. So, but to to break it down to the Minnesota and Wisconsin portions, like I, I land in Minnesota, get off the plane, go get my rental car, go straight to the tattoo shop. Dude worked up. Uh, I got like a, it's like a sexy pinup uh, with some mushrooms wrapping around the the pinup, and it kind of wraps around and morphs into some just trippy drips and planetary type stuff, and then into kind of uh, like it's a pinup. It's her, the top part, and just and then the head kind of starts tripping, and then it picks up the head later on. It's it, I don't know. It's kind of a wild piece, a little psychedelic type stuff. Some planets, some planets moving around, and then uh, uh, my last name inside of a heart is my wife drew uh, rain inside of a heart in, in chalk on our back. Uh, in our backyard, and I took a picture of that and got that outline on my wrist too. So, so fresh off off the plane to the tattoo shop, and then a tattoo guy. We got, I mean, he's, I mean, we spent a lot of time together. Like, dude's a homie. So, so we got to kicking it, we got to chopping it up, and he's like, yeah, uh, yeah, all right, cool. I got the got the Uber coming to pick me up. I was like, what, man? I'll give you a ride home, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Like, man, he. So you know, he got dropped off by the wife. Did a tattoo and then was gonna gonna take the lift home. I was like, nah, forget about that. Uh, I'll just drop you off. So I go go take him to the crib and get to chopping it up. That's Aaron Armstrong. Uh, check him out on Instagram. Automatic Aaron. Some just a, a beautiful beautiful artist. Some amazing. His line work is is just top notch. Dude's been tattooing for man. I, well, I don't know how long. Kind of underground, but professionally for. Shit, seven plus years at this point, maybe eight, nine years. But I met him in 2013 when he was an apprentice at Beloved Studios in St. Paul. But he's a St. Paul cat. So I went, went and got tatted up in St. Paul, went and kicked it with him and his wife and got to just talking about life and scenarios and experiences and and and, and where where we want to go in the future with with just ourselves and our beings and our, our parenthood as we as we grow and evolve as people and just become the best version of ourselves so it was it was unexpected to sit back and kick it with the armstrongs on on the front porch and if you know anything about that midwest that minnesota same that minneapolis st paul those four seasons front porches Ah, albeit unexpected, and I kept my cousin waiting, and he was pissed. Like it was, I mean, it was it was nice. It, it was it was just a nice, beautiful time, uh, just sharing, just sharing, just time with each other. It could be, and I if I would have been having a bad time, I would I would have left. If I was anticipating a bad time, I wouldn't have gone. It's not actually the only the second time I've even kicked it with the Armstrongs. The first time was uh, I was on my way out right before I, uh, my, Megan and I uh, dipped out of Minnesota. Like I was like, I got a tattoo. It's like, yo, I don't know. We're not going to have this opportunity, bro. We, we, we haven't kicked it yet. You've done all this tattoo on me. Come on, man. Let's smoke something. And uh, we did that. And it was a great time. I dipped out of state. 
And now I come back like right back in, pick up right where we left off, got some ink and, and kicked it with the Armstrong. So uh, it was cool. But I was pulling out of this neighborhood and I saw some niggas doing some fucking some hood shit. Like I just the way I saw the park cars parked and the way the lookout was, I was like, fuck, I just rolled up on some fuckery. And I roll up, dude, I hear dude like holler. I mean, I'm in a rental car, like a white Volkswagen Jetta. Uh, gas mileage was fantastic. I'm shit. Might think about trading my car for a Volkswagen Jetta just based on the gas mileage on that motherfucker. But I hear dude, like as I'm at the stop sign, I'm I'm going, I'm banging out of this neighborhood anyways. I'm going back to the freeway. I'm taking a right, but uh, I heard dude, hey, hey, you know, say something, hollered something. I don't know if it was at me. I'm assume it was. I'm get the fuck. I'm I'm fuck out of here, dude. I'm minding my business. You go back, do whatever the fuck you was doing. I got I got nothing to do with what you got going on. So let me get the fuck out of here. I don't fuck around St. Paul. I don't like St. Paul. I'm I, I'm from Minneapolis. Like I know how to navigate through Minneapolis. St. Paul's something else. I never quite know where I'm at. But looking around, you see, I'm I'm kind of in the hood. <laughs> it ain't so it's time for me to get the fuck up out of here uh, I rolled over to my cousin's crib and all of a sudden before I know it we turning up well I, I'm, I shouldn't say we turning up we having a good time but my cousin bro was turning up and this is all Friday this is fresh off the plane so I'm up at you know 4 35 a.m on Friday uh, get on a plane from Arizona, go to Minnesota, get a tattoo, end up just 20 hours later, 3 a.m., my cousin, you know, I got a salad and a water. It escalated real quickly. And that's like I kept drinking. I had a salad, drinking water, refill the water, refill the water. He's getting doubles, doubles, doubles with a beer back, doubles with a beer back. James, double Jameson with a beer back. Like, God damn, cut. Hey, I love you too. Let's kick it. So it's all good. All of a sudden, it's 3 a.m. I'm like, man, all right, bro, look, look, and mind you, we don't have a president yet. <laughs> it's 3 a.m. All right, man, hey, 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 bro, I got to go to sleep, Quinn. Like, I've been up for like 20 hours, man. I got I got to go. I got to sleep. He's like, all right, cool. So so I crashed out. I wake up. Uh, next day, we got uh, one of, another one of our cousins was at the crib, uh, Marcus, cousin Marcus. Young cat, young cat, 22, 23. He might be 24. Let's just say 23. We'll split the difference. And uh, we got to we got to chopping it up just over at Quinn's crib, talking music, sharing music, just just going for it. And you know, I mean, ultimately, you know, I'm I'm to a point OG. You know, getting getting closer closer up in age. Got that salt and pepper coming in. I'm an OG and he's still a young head out there kind of doing it, learning life, trying to trying to come into his own and figure out who who he is as a man and you know what what life what life has in store for him. So so we end up, you know, he, you know, Quinn's kind of like one of his mentors and he he came through and was like, "Shit, I dropped some knowledge on him too." But ultimately, the, what I told him was build a strong team around you. I mean, there's you you can't first of all, you can't do everything. You know, and you humble yourself to realize you you may or may you know may need some help with certain situations and circumstances that you find yourself in in life, and to get through that, you know, who can you lean on? You know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So, you know, are you the smartest person in the room? Is everybody you know not trusting each other? Is everybody looking to get one over on each other, or is it love? You know, is it synergy? Is it building one another up? 
you know? It was Jay-Z's line from um, Feeling It. Feeling it, feel the tap to your glass with Moet. Oh, for a reasonable doubt. Uh, if every nigga in your clique is rich, your clique is rugged. Nobody will fall because everyone will be each other's crutches. Like, that shit like that shit hit me the first time I heard Reasonable Doubt. The Reasonable Doubt came out like, 96. I didn't hear that shit till like, 02. Oh, yeah, like, 02. And I was like, that shit really, really hit me. It really resonated just as a 17, 18-year-old kid, like, yeah, build a strong crew and strong team around you. So that was that was the family time I got in Minnesota. And then I rolled I rolled out to rolled up and down Lake Street. If you're not familiar with Lake Street, that's where I mean all all that shit you heard about in Minneapolis went down after the murder of George Floyd. Uh Lake Street w- was ablaze. That that shit was torn up, burnt down. Uh the eerie shit I saw was was you know, boarded up windows that said, you know, please don't burn. Kids live here, you know, children here, you know, don't burn like on more than one. That shit gave me that was that was chilling. I really like disrupted this like my my, my gut. It's like, damn, that's shouldn't have to worry about things like that in this country or any country for that matter. Like that's not you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, safety. We should be safe, especially in our own own home. But that extends, you know, beyond in your home, like walking the streets too. We should be safe. So that's the flip side of that coin. Like there's people in an area who don't feel safe. And there's just a lot of racial tension, a lot of things that have been building. And just historically in this country, just the the mistreatment of of colored people specifically black people and i live in tucson so brown people have their own their own struggle their own issues their own situations to to fight through and fend through and you know we need to come to a better conclusion of what equal treatment is it's it's a little surprising and a little a little saddening that we are still having some basic civil rights type conversations going on in this country. But to, to roll down Lake Street, I mean, there was a Wells Fargo burn. The post office was burned. Obviously, they took over and burned down the police station. That's already been like bulldozed. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of windows boarded up. It you know looked like every liquor store and grocery store like was was robbed and, and looted. Uh, man, it was it was a, a sight to behold what, you know, the ramifications just the, the aftermath, excuse me, of what went down on just Lake Street and Lake Street just just south of Lake Street is 31st. So Lake Street and then 31st had had some things going on on it as well. And then my cousin, like he lives on 32nd and Lindale. So basically he were right there, right there. So if you ride like Lindale all the way to Minnehaha on Lake Street, I mean part of it's blocked off. You got to know the 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 back city ways. The, uh, the local ways to get through it, to navigate through it all. But to see that, that devastation, it was really, I mean, it just had me quiet. I rolled around. That whole trip I rolled around and I listened to, I was in the car a lot. I put on hundreds of miles while I was there, just going back and forth between Minnesota and Wisconsin. I made the trip like, uh, uh, it was two, like two and a half times, like five, tri- I made five trips, like from Eau Claire to Minneapolis, like or one way or another, I did it five times. It was I was just banging all over the place, but uh, but Lake Street had me, uh, you know. I, I was, you know, besides a few hours of those rides, I was riding around with just no no sounds in the speakers and in in the, in the whip, just thinking, just reflecting on what happened here, and to be 
in that area, like the exact location, like, I don't know if you want to say ground zero, but the, the actual ignition point, the spark point, the flash point that ignited, you know, a lot of resistance nationwide and internationally as well. Uh, to to be there to to stand like a mile mile and a half from where my they you know, like my where my son was born. Well, from the house he lived in, we brought him home from the hospital. It's probably like five miles from the hospital, but right in like my neighborhood, like the place I drove by regular every week, drove through this neighborhood south South Minneapolis. Just drove through the neighborhood. And drove by Cup Foods and shopped at Cup Foods. It's just, it's a corner store on 38th and Chicago, South Side, Minneapolis. Not too far from Minnehaha Falls. Not too far from Powderhorn. Not too far from from anything. I lived right there at Lake Nokomis, so that's 38th. I lived up on 52nd, so 14 blocks. I lived 14 blocks. From where this all went down. And over on Bloomington. This happened on Chicago. Bloomington and Chicago are about a mile apart. If even. And so you got. That's east to west. A mile. And then that 14 blocks. That ain't no 14 miles. Like Minneapolis blocks are short. You know. Four, five, six houses. You know. Maybe I'm. I'm exaggerating a little bit. But Minneapolis blocks are short. You can walk 15, 20 blocks. It ain't, it ain't nothing on your hush puppies. All right, it is. It's, it's uh, that's low miles in, in a day. You, you walk that far to get to get whatever you need in, in, in any temperature in Minneapolis. So I lived right there. I lived right there where George Floyd was murdered. I'm from there. I shopped there. I've, you know, man, to see that on the screen is one thing, but to be able to put yourself in that moment to the like, if you if you can recall the video of the murder of George Floyd. The it's a girl filming it and like right to her, like at her shoulder to the right, like right behind her is the bus stop. And to stand at that bus stop and take a look at what all those people were witness to and then to be able to walk around into the street and stand where all those police stood. And feel that come through you up from the ground, up, up just that that's still there. It's all the energy is all still there. And Cup Foods is open. And all and, and all the people there, all the pictures. I just I just took it all in. I put my phone on. I either had it on silent or left it in the whip. I don't know. Phone might have been in the car, but took it all and walked up, eyes welled up. Kind of didn't know what I was walking up to, but it looked like devastation and, you know, kind of just gathered my bearings and walked up to it and saw all this, all this spray paint on the ground. I'm not, there's a lot of a beautiful graffiti and artwork around and, you know, graffiti, graffiti artists, side, Paul, side note, graffiti artists are, uh, they're, they're interesting, an interesting breed, but they're kind of just, a lot of people would consider them kind of dirt bags, like just think, oh, what the fuck you doing? But they they do kind of make beautiful art at the same time. And there's some beautiful taggings up and down Lake Street and in George Floyd at George Floyd Square. 
at 38th in Chicago, they got it blocked off. The people got it, like the city tried to, to open the streets back up and the people said, no, no, this is all, this is staying, this is blocked off. There, we, we need some type of reform, some type of justice for this. And I don't know how, I mean, it's gonna be like that for, for the foreseeable future. But to stand there at the, on those grounds and, and walk up and see all this, this spray paint on the ground, all these, all these words, all these, these names and all these demands for justice and all these just different colors. And you can see where they, they took over and shut down the gas station that was right there across the street. You can see you know, where, where tensions were, were very just high and still are high. You know, I I didn't go around Minneapolis at night. I'm not scared of fucking Minneapolis at night. I mean, generally speaking, when I'm when I'm out of my realm, when I don't live there anymore, and I don't have a fucking pistol on me, like I ain't trying to go around Minneapolis at night right now, and I didn't. But you can feel the pain and the tension still in the air around all throughout South Minneapolis, and I only spent a little bit of time there. And you drive a little bit further south, uh, getting to getting to the '60s, getting to the suburbs, getting to getting you know cross cross uh, the Minnesota River, cross the bridge, getting to the suburbs, get past the Mall of America. Um, I mean, it it lightens up a little bit. Like the feeling in the air is a little bit different. Even just driving through and then going to Wisconsin, like just the coronavirus hotbed of the world right now, uh, apparently, and just just kicking it there and getting down and having a good time there is, uh, you know, the other side of, of what I had going on there. So, my, But my time in Minnesota, it was uh, whew, just thoughtful. The whole, the, whole, the whole trip, the whole experience there and back was very, very thoughtful. You know, I miss my wife. I miss my sons. I miss my life, business. I, I set everything up perfectly to be gone, like almost that exact amount of time. As soon as I got back, I paid for being gone for a few days because everything's been on fire ever since, even up to about this moment. I'm waiting on a phone call from a client first thing in the morning. But yeah, my time in in Minnesota was very, yeah, it was very just thought provoking, very thoughtful. The city is is different and. And I don't know what's going to happen as the months go by, as times roll on. And when I left, uh, there was a president announced. I was in Minnesota. People were coming out. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a city. It's a, it's a, you know, metropolis area pr- predominantly. Uh, a, lo- a lot of Joe Biden signs in the front yards. All right. A lot of like, like any other major city. So people were out already starting to, to hang out in parks and have a good time uh, right away. You know, before I kind of went and... Uh, I went to George Floyd Square, but I, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, there's still some trials to be had. So I, I don't know what's going to happen in Minneapolis. The story, the story is still being told. Uh, and then I spent some time in Wisconsin and Wisconsin. I don't know where I'm from, man. I really don't. I really don't. I'm I'm a Wisconsin boy. I'm a Minnesota boy. Minnesconsin. All right. Minnesota, I don't know, I don't know, but I'm I'm as much from Eau Claire, Wisconsin, as, as I am from anywhere else, and it was good to. I rolled around Eau Claire. I just rolled around a, a good chunk of the city. I, I stopped. I got a. Uh, when we first got there in 1995, we went to Mancino's. We didn't go to Mancino's. My mom used to order Mancino's a lot. BLTs when we lived, when we lived in the trailer park on John Street. 
2509 John Street. The trailer's still there. It's the same trailer. It's like bright green now. I rolled by it, and we moved across the street to 2520 John Street, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And uh, I couldn't tell if that was the same trailer or not. We didn't live there as long. We was there, I was there for like a year, year and a half or something. But it, it was new. My mom bought it new in uh, like two, nah, nah, like 90, 98 or 99, something like that. And then we ended up moving in with George like, oh, right after I turned like 15, like 2000. Yeah, sometime around 2000. So, but, but yeah, I went through the trailer park, uh, but I, but I rode through all of Eau Claire. I stopped, I got, uh, when we lived at one of those spots, my mom would order Mancino's and Mancino's is, is still around. It's uh, pizza and, and hoagies. And I got the BLT kind of just to, to take me back. I wanted to have my Eau Claire experience, like the, the way I experienced. And I rolled through by all the old little league fields that I played in. All right, Steinfields, they're a different, they got a different name now. Uh, and just, just drove, drove around, just remembered specific spots. Of, oh, I remember this person from here. And drive, just driving through neighborhoods, like, I'm pretty sure that's such, that, I'm pretty sure that's such and such his house. And just ride and roll past my elementary school. And then when I lived on those trailers, I was just talking about John Street. So just a, it's a two-street trailer park, John Street and Paul Street. Now, those are owned by Helen Spiros. Before I lived on John Street, it's all a coincidence. It's all just happened by happenstance back in the 90s. When we first moved to Eau Claire from Freeport, Illinois, we lived on Spiros Lane. Hell, there's a street. It's Helen Spiros. I've, I got, oh, Helen Spiros is, I, I don't know what she is to me. In this life, never really met the lady, and I'm sure she's long since passed. Uh, but I, and I, I know far more about her than she knows about me. But she... Uh, she owned John Street and Paul Street and Spiros Lane. And Spiros Lane was the first street I lived on in Eau Claire. So I just rolled down Spiros Lane. I remember, hey, such and such live here. I remember buying weed right here. And rolled around and went by my first my first little townhouse that I that I lived in in Eau Claire. And went to my elementary school and walked around, just walked around the uh, the parking lot real quick. It it was closed, no kids around. It would been that'd be weird. School in session, just go like start walking around in elementary school. I'm sure, sure the feds would be there real quick to to scoop a nigga up in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. But then just just continued to drive around, roll around, and and then went back out to uh, to my stepdad's house. But that just to, just I just got just reacquainted or just nostalgia's sake, or ha I had a little bit of time to burn, and I just. Just drove around, just quiet and reflected, just reflected on my life and put myself just in, in full perspective and just walked through the areas that I've literally walked through and been through. Went through my high school, drove around the parking lot, remember fights in the parking lot, remember singing in the choir, remember being in show choir and dipping out, sneaking out, smoking some weed with Birch and Danny. I just kind of just rolled to just put just put myself in my own perspective like I said I don't know how to how to put that any other way or or better betterly eloquent but <laughs> it, it 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 was nice like and, and it didn't I remembered some some weird stuff but ultimately it was just like man I've come really a really long long way from Eau Claire Wisconsin I've really done a lot of things and then stopped in on White Boy Riley, and Riley's been on the podcast before over the phone, and 
I got some other other stuff for him that maybe I'll I'll use in the future that I picked up when I was there right now. But I don't know, man. My my dude ain't doing as good as as I would hope, as I as I was would expect for for just anybody close to me. And I'm I don't know. He isolates himself and has has odd odd perspectives and just can't come to grips with kind of just life and life's realities. But you know, I somebody's got to be there for him and and underneath it all it's a beautiful human being and I just want and wish for him to to do better and be better and I don't know what rock bottom looks like uh it's different for everybody I don't know if I've ever hit it or come close uh you know I've had downs but I don't, I don't know and I don't and I don't know for him either you know everybody everybody's living their own life you know hopefully to the best of their abilities but that's when I can call out and just kind of objectively say you're not doing you got you got way more abilities you're one of the most beautiful smart and intelligent individuals I know who continually just makes worse and worse and dumb and stupid decisions and ends up in just bad places and positions and excuses for everything rather than stepping up and being accountable and that's that's sad but you know, at the same time it's one of my best friends and I'm not going to give up on on anyone like he don't you know he's never asked nothing for me but to you know to be my friend and I've never asked nothing for him but to be his friend and and we cool like that so I made sure I made made some time for for my my dude like we go we go way back like I'd be at the bus stop his mom would pull over and pick me up like from from uh to take me to high school that was how like middle school I mentioned me and Riley done walked back and forth to school before every day I would at least walk We'd be walking home together, and uh, somebody tried to start some shit with him one day, and I put that to a, an abrupt end, and that began our friendship. Uh, that that goes on to this day, you know. But I was, uh, you know, besides spending some time with him. Other than that, that that's pretty much all the people I saw. That's everybody outside of Team Rain. All right, so I saw my mom and my stepdad. I got four kids. And then I got another, my mom has another son. Now he's in Arizona, he's, he's 25, he's a little bit old. Uh, he's not in Arizona, he's in Maryland. Uh, his wife is in the Air Force, he's out in Maryland doing his thing. Uh, but the rest of, bro, the rest of Team Rain was, was all home. Out in Bloomer, Wisconsin. Okay, okay. We, uh, man, under that, that clear, clear Bloomer, Wisconsin sky off I-94, exit 112. Oh, looking up. Out in the cornfield, it, it, with the low clouds, having a having a bonfire and a campfire out in the backyard, making everybody laugh. Everybody making everybody laugh. My baby sister, my baby brother, boy, my mom out there having a good time. I rolled into Wisconsin, and I don't know if I mentioned or not. I was, you know, I was like, been just getting ready for. And ready for another experience to talk to the universe, gain a little bit of knowledge, eat a little bit of mushrooms. And, uh, you know, the topic of conversation came up, and my sister said, I want to do something too. I said, well, shit, you're the one who lives here. What's the deal? All of a sudden, uh, we made some mushroom tea. And it was me and my mom, my baby sister. And, uh, you know, I was poised to have a really good time, but... My little sister, she got a new boyfriend. You know, she's 18, so. And she's already done had a couple little boyfriends. And, you know, he's 18, 19, 20, and say he's 21, whatever. Young cat. 
I'm a footnote in his story, and he's a footnote in mine. And I'd rather him not been there for my vacation, to be honest with you. If you even, if we can even call it a vacation, I don't know what you want to call it. It's a trip, a trip for sure. But like, I don't know you, bro. Like, and I don't want to take the time to get to know you. And I don't want to be short with you. I want to have a good time. I want to enjoy my time here with my ma. I don't get to see my ma. I don't get to see my stepdad often at all. I've been in the military a long time. I ain't lived near them for a long time, all right? And, and as we age and get older, I ain't that much younger than my ma. <laughs> you, know, so, you know, so we might have some time, you know, hopefully you never know what's going to happen. Never, ever, ever. Uh, but hopefully we got some time to to kick it and continue to to grow and build our relationship because I think our relationships are are always growing and building and changing as well and and then my stepdad I mean bro 72 so there ain't no telling uh when that clock's going to run up let's let's be honest about it so so to get to spend that time and then all my sisters my mom got three girls Summer, Sierra, and Savannah. Those are my sisters, my three beautiful sisters, and rain girls. And Sierra's off at college, but she came down. She said, what's up? And then she dipped out, and then it was everybody else out by the fire, plus fucking dude. You know, my sister's new little boyfriend. It's like, man, you're just throwing me off my chi, man. I'm out here trying to really enjoy myself, and, and I did. And I don't want to say, like, there was nothing ruined. I was just expecting something different and maybe even like a little bit more because when there's like a new a new male around now this might sound weird to some of y'all but some of y'all that you will you will get this and it will resonate with you hands down but as as a man at what would be my household, it's not my household, it's my stepdad's household, it's his house, it's his, his home, 100%. I got nothing to do with it. I've done more damage to that house than, than, than good. But like, he's not, my stepdad's a, he's a disabled veteran, he's a disabled old man. Like he's not, like at that moment in time, it was my duty to be the protector of that family. And you're an outsider within my walls right now and I need to for the duration of the time I'm with you assert some sort of alpha dominance however slight it may need to be but I need you to understand this is not your home this is not your place this is ours and you are an outsider and I will laugh with you until it's no longer time to laugh. And when it's time for you to go, it's time for you to go. Um, and that threw me off my chi a little bit, having to go to that place psychologically um, and having to like, I don't, yeah, sure. Some people may consider you don't have to do that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't have to do that. I don't also, I also can't necessarily help doing that. It, it's part of, part of my, my inner being, my primal self, my, my, my nature, just myself as a protector, as a big brother, as a son, my mother and my baby sister are here and I don't know you. You're a fucking stranger. All right. So what do you want to do? But nonetheless, uh, I ended up out in the backyard by myself. It was like midnight. 
Uh, the moon finally came up around midnight. This is a clear, beautiful Wisconsin night. Clouds, clouds low. You could jump up and slam dunk on these clouds, y'all. Uh, just beautiful, beautiful night. Uh, a little chilly, really windy. So the the fire, the fire got out of hand. I took this, I took this fire pit to to max capacity. Uh, my mom, she did some fucked up shit to the fire. You got about I don't I don't know what y'all know about campfires and being a fire master, but I consider myself some type of a pit master. All right, we got to maintain this fire. We can't burn the fucking yard down. Uh, first and first mostly because it's windy as fuck out here. And my mom threw some random log on the side of this beautifully built fire. That was completely under control, and it had to then be kind of rebuilt, shifted, and tended for an hour and a half or two hours to be repaired. Uh, but, and during that time, I had that motherfucker ripping. Uh, man. Uh, uh, but ultimately, great time out. Great, great, great time out by the fire. I, I, don't, I don't want to exchange the trip, uh, the time I got to spend with everybody that I got to spend it with. Oh, you know what? I got to see who, like, the dude, my senior year of high school, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm the odd man out. I swapped high schools. I moved from Eau Claire uh, to, to Bur- I went to Burnsville High School in Burnsville, Minnesota. We lived in Egan. These are southern suburbs of Minneapolis. Egan's technically a St. Paul suburb. Burnsville is technically a Minneapolis suburb. Uh, they, they share a border with each other. I don't know. We're getting into intricacies of the 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 county lines city lines in in minnesota and fuck all that but when i swapped high schools i became friends with a dude in the neighborhood named chase chase manhattan you know check him out check him out on youtube peep the music videos uh twin cities bounce goes hard alienated that's that that beat is dope he he, he really he's he's spitting uh spitting a little bit from his guts in that one uh you my favorite hater uh, that's that's his his number one hit that shit goes hard uh, but I got to see my man Chase Manhattan. I've uh, been knowing bro for for 17, 18 years at this point. And uh, we, we've had, you know, we were, we were tight. We were tight our senior year of high school. And, and we, got to, we got to kick it just for, for a little bit uh, while I was in town. Just real briefly, he opened up a clothing shop. He's transitioning kind of his hip-hop notoriety into, into a clothing brand. He's real, real native, real native hard, real native exclusive. Catch him at a powwow back when powwows were a thing. Uh, catch him just, just slanging CDs out the trunk. Like, that's, that's my guy, like, forever and ever. But, you know, at the same time, we know we're not as tight. We both know, like, we're not as tight as we, we used to be, that we were on the path to be for, for just various reasons. You know, he was in Minnesota doing the hip-hop hustle thing, really connecting with, with his native roots, you know, he, and, and he always has been. And I kind of come in and we, we do form a relationship, and then I bang off in the Air Force and, and I'm off doing my thing for for a very long time you know and then when I came back to Minnesota in 2013 for a little bit we hung out real real briefly and that was more or less it you know everybody's always got a lot going on and people grow up and grow apart and that that is life and it's all love and it's all respect but we we can acknowledge I guess as as men that we got other things going on but he is one hell of a marketer uh, one hell of an entrepreneur and businessman uh Man, he just the the wit about him to to get through and and, and make his money and and really really represent for himself and for his people, but you know, and staying true while doing it. I I have nothing but but admiration and respect for for my man Chase. Like that's that's my dog. And and whenever uh, whenever we get a chance again, like most definitely we gonna put something in the air. But 
that was basically what I had going on uh, the last few days. We got a new we got a new president. Everything seems to be holding together. New president elect, I should say. Uh, you know, so hopefully that begins some type of new beginning. I I don't know. I don't know where we're going. All I know is where we're at. So with that, I'm gonna get up out of here. I want everybody, everybody sit back. Think about something good. Be cool. Everybody get out there, check on a vet. All right, a lot of veterans got a lot going on. Upstairs in that, upstairs in that dome. Speaking of vets, hold on. Before I get up out of here, when we were over at T's crib, <laughs> this type of hood rat shit I'd be on. I got, I got that new pistol. I think I talked about the new pistol uh, on the last episode or episode before that. But T hadn't seen it yet, so I went and showed it off to T. But as I'm, as I'm putting it away back into where it belongs, like one of his neighbors kind of rolls up. And I'm clearly just a dude holding a pistol, putting it like... Like, just, just walking down the street holding a gun, like, typical day on the east side of Tucson. But yeah, I'm going to get up out of here, man. Everybody, be cool. Check on a vet. And hug your loved ones. Cheers.